Jessica Libor, and I am an artist, educator, and curator. If you're an artist who wants to create an amazing and fulfilling career in life, this podcast is for you. I'll be sharing inspiration that has worked for me and art world insights and tips. My goal for this podcast is to help you feel in control of your art career and empowered to be the best artist that you can be. Hello, Michelle. Hi, Jess. <laughs> How are you today? It's nice I'm, to see you. I'm doing well. Good to see you too. Absolutely. It's a beautiful day here in Philadelphia. Finally spring. Finally spring. I'm I'm really enjoying all the, um, the cherry blossoms right now. They're so gorgeous. They are. Yeah. They are. It's awesome. Well, um, thank you so much for being here on the podcast. And um, I, I wanted to talk to you because I think that some of our ideas are very aligned. Mm -hmm. And um, I discovered you, I think it was through the Da Vinci Art Alliance. I believe it was. Yes. Yeah. So they, they put out um, like an email and um, last year I was part of um, the Da Vinci Art Alliance and uh, yeah, so I started um, listening in on your calls. Um, I forget exactly what you called it, but creativity clinics. It was right when the coronavirus broke out and nobody knew what to do and everything was closing. And yes. so I offered creativity clinics once a week. Yes. Oh my goodness. And they were they were really wonderful and healing and such a sense of community. I really loved them. They were so um, warm. And oh, um, glad. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I mean, it was during that time when I was, I was like really scared and a lot of other people were really scared. It was like April, I think. Yeah. It started in April and ran for several months after that. Yeah. Um, and I just remember being like, and I didn't see anybody for like 30 days. Cause I was like, nobody knew what the coronavirus was. And it was just like, it was crazy. So I, um, yeah, I was just quarantining myself because I don't, I didn't know what was going on. And um, I, I took that time to like create 12 pastel pieces and I would tune into your, um, your clinics. And that was, it was really encouraging. So, oh, good. <laughs> um, so thank you for that. It was wonderful. Sure. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, so that is how I know of you. And um, you also are an author and mm -hmm. Um, you are also are an artist, um, very interesting work. So you do many things and, um, why don't you kind of start at the beginning maybe and talk about, um, what led you into the arts in the first place? Well, I guess, um, I wandered around in imaginary worlds from as soon as I could walk. And, uh, <laughs> so I just, I loved imagination and I danced and, um, I sang, but I wasn't very good at that. And so I guess I just always loved creative things. And so it was inevitable. I was going to end up in some art form mm -hmm. and I guess it was high school. Uh, I was inspired by the artist MC Escher and I just, his work just blew me away. And I thought, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go back to drawing because I hadn't done much of it since I was very little. Mm -hmm. And I just realized, oh, well, you know, I really like this a lot. And, you know, just sort of went from there. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And I can, I can totally see your work like relating to MC Escher. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I spent some time looking at your work and it's, it's so, it's so interesting. I can almost see the, um, so just just really quick, why don't you describe kind of like what your work is for people who haven't seen it? Sure. So I ended up um, learning 3D modeling and animation software mm -hmm. in my in my travels and got really interested in that and creating virtual sculptures is what I call them. Mm -hmm. So they're objects that look like photographs, but they're actually computer generated 3D models that I then put photographic textures and painted textures onto them. And then I sort of take a computer picture of them or mm -hmm. render and then print them to large sheets of paper. So they look like, you can't tell if there's an illustration or a photograph mm -hmm. or it's really hard to reconcile what they are, but I just, they're whimsical and mm -hmm. they come from my imagination mm -hmm. and I just have a lot of fun with them. So they have a sort of photorealistic quality to them but they're very mm -hmm. fanciful. And uh, they never exist in the real world. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, that's really cool. Um, 
Yeah. It's almost like you're taking like a, you're printing out images of like what's from your mind. I guess all artists do that, don't they? <laughs> well, well, and for different reasons and different ways, but I think mm -hmm. for me, it goes back to being that kid, just daydreaming all the time. I just loved to think about form and color and right. this, this things just swirl around in my head and it's really fun to get them out and share them with other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really cool. Really cool. And, um, I know I mentioned to you like, wow, these would make great NFTs. Did you, um, did you get oh, a chance to like, look into that? The first thing I hit funny enough about that is I knew about that technology from being a techno person for so many years, but I didn't realize the art form had really attached itself to that technology. And it generates so much energy that they're saying that if we keep doing it, it's going to be an environmental crisis Ooh. because the computing power takes so much electricity to oh, generate no. these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was really surprised about that. So um, yeah. Cause you don't think of like computers destroying the environment by like their like power you know what i mean yeah but it's because of the complexity of the way it generates the original objects mm -hmm. it's super like several supercomputers just going crazy and they uh, to come up with these things and authenticate them in the oh. in the in the bit chain it takes a lot of computer power which then mm -hmm. takes a lot of electricity and i was really surprised by that but that's mm -hmm. how that's why it's so unique and why you can't really fake it because it's this huge computational uh, process, but very mm -hmm. energy intensive. So while the idea is wonderful, mm -hmm. I, my, the environmentalist in me is just like, oh, I'm not sure. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. going to continue my research. So thank you for the tip. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard about that too. And um, it's definitely something to something to to keep in mind. Um, hopefully, they'll be able to find some kind of a solution. And I'm sure that if you know technology has evolved in such a way that um, you know, I, I'm sure in a few years they'll they'll be able to like figure out some things. So yeah, it's definitely something to keep your eye on. Um, sure. Once but, we have quantum computers and exactly. solar generated electricity, we'll be all set. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> perfect. Yes. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I just, I, it's the first thing I thought of when I looked at your work though, because I had looked at some NFTs earlier when somebody told me about them and I didn't know a thing about them. I'd never heard heard of them before this month. And so I looked into it and um, all the like the 3D rendering and stuff, it just reminded me of it. And yours, yours are just like above and beyond anything I've ever seen. So that's what made me oh, think of it. Oh, thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah, so, recently um, I've I've actually been drawing on them. So I I've, I've gone from, you know, how do you make one of a kinds, which is the dilemma of digital mm -hmm. art, to mm -hmm. I've been now drawing on them. So who knows where that's going to go. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. Mm -hmm. And um and what are you working on right now? Are you working towards a show or um are you working towards a collection? What are you working on right well, now? Well, that's that's a great question. Um well, I've spent five years almost entirely developing my uh, coaching business and creativity mm -hmm. coaching business and holistic creativity and writing the book on holistic mm -hmm. creativity and then developing a lot of courses and workshops. Mm -hmm. And so that's taken so much of my creative juice that mm -hmm. um, the actual art production was kind of low. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm now coming back into it. And I think I'm going to spend about a year just making whatever I want. And mm -hmm. then evaluate again what the body of work is and then figure out how I want to show it and share it mm -hmm. from there. So usually I have a goal. Usually I have a show in mind or a goal mm -hmm. and I produce for that, but mm -hmm. I'm doing it purely creative now. I think I'm just going to see what creativity is inside of me and what's going mm -hmm. to come out. And then I'll look at it and then figure out where it goes after. Amazing. Those are, those are, that's a great way to do it. That's awesome. And yes, I, um, I now want to lead into your coaching and some of your, um, the way that you help artists. So, um, so I love your kind of, um, your viewpoints, um, with artists. It's very gentle. It's very encouraging. And, um, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into, um, coaching artists and, what gave you the idea for your book? Oh, sure. That's a great question. So somehow being um, 
a professional designer in the internet space back in the 90s, um, I ended up in 3D and I ended up teaching, college teaching. So I was a college professor for 20 years and I developed uh, different digital art programs, game art programs, multimedia programs. Mm -hmm. And um, I love teaching and mm -hmm. I love young people. They're just uh, amazing. So much energy and so much promise. And I really enjoyed it. I found it limiting though, um, in the way we deliver it. We still deliver the curriculum in a sort of an industrial model. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. uh, it's on a conveyor belt, you know, it's this many hours, this days a week, and at this much time, and then it costs money. And then at the end, oh. you're going to roll off the conveyor belt into a job or something. Oh my gosh. Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> yes. I totally agree with you. You know? And so even though we're trying to open their minds and teach them things, it's like, okay, it's Tuesday, 10 o'clock, be creative, you know? And there was just so many problems with it that I felt like I couldn't really get to the heart of what I was interested in helping people discover, which is what is your true gift? What is your true perspective? What is what's inside of you? So much of it's about looking at the outside world, which you do need to do. I mean, you want to see things that have been created before and you want to really work hard on your skills. Mm -hmm. But there's a part that you really need to turn inward and there just wasn't enough curriculum for it. So my work is really about that. Mm -hmm. And then I noticed that the creative life um, is uh, can be really damaging. There's a lot of heartbreak and there's a lot mm -hmm. of disappointment and it can be really hard. And how do we deal with our broken heart? So mm -hmm. I kind of have come up with this idea that I really help the broken artist, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, that when you're in your life cycle as a creative person and you just need a recharge or a reboot mm -hmm. or to remember why you got in it in the first place, you know, mm -hmm. then that's when I like to see you, you know, like um, if you're busy and happy in your studio, oh, great. That's just awesome. You know, but if you're not and you're stuck, um, that's where I like to come in and help people get unstuck. Right. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I totally agree with you that there is, there is a lot of unique challenges with an artist. And the one that comes up for me when you said like that artists have to deal with a lot of heartbreak is, um, like when we create our work, at least this is how it is for me. Like when I create my work, it's like really from my heart. Like you put like so much of like your passion and like your, your own mind, your own heart, your own inspiration, everything is coming from you. You know, it is part of you. And then to have to put that out into the world and try to do something with it in whatever way you choose, like entering a contest, entering an exhibition, um, having an exhibition and hoping that something sells, um, you know, hoping that, you know, people write about it in a positive way. Um, it's all of these things where you're continually putting yourself out there in a way that people with a normal job or, or with like, let's say an accountant, you go to work, there's not a lot of emotional risk in that, in that job, because you're not, you know, an accountant doesn't have to like open their heart and soul for the world to see again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I totally agree that there, there is heartbreak that happens when you put your work out there and it's rejected by somebody, or that's how you perceive it. Um, like it's rejected by a exhibition or nobody buys it or um, somebody, you know, says something derogatory about it. And so we, it's hard not to take those things to heart because so much of your heart and soul is invested into that. Um, at least that's, that's been my experience and also been my journey as well. Um, does that uh, ring true for you too? Oh, absolutely. Um, so there's the heartaches that come directly from the art practices you're talking about, and you have to be so vulnerable. I mean, if you're going to be good at art, you have to really dig in to yourself, you know? And so there's a vulnerability and that is an exposure, but it's just even just living in general, you know, like life can be, you know, hard, you know, life is challenging. And so you can have things that are not directly related to your creativity, impact you um you know like and core messages like this is the thing i work mostly with people with is these core messages we have that real artists starve or um you know if you know you're not uh, a certain level of fame you're not very good and you know like there's all these messages about what an artist should be and how successful you should be and there's not enough emphasis in my opinion 
on are you fulfilled by your creativity you know mm -hmm. like that's the most important thing to mm -hmm. me not so you know sure it's great when you sell or when people love your stuff that's awesome it's a great feeling um i've never tried to make a living full-time on my art i've always had other avenues for the money part and then i could just do what i want in my studio and have a practice which means it's always a part-time practice but it's a hearty enough practice to fill me up you know because right. i think it's more important for me to be fulfilled and have complete creative control okay. than it would be to try to monetize it but for someone like yourself you're you're really full in you're all in you know i really admire the challenges that you face so mm -hmm. Either way, no matter how you do it, you're still going to have to deal with mm -hmm. um, your feelings and hopefully your soul and your destiny mm -hmm. and your purpose and that all that stuff's aligned. And that yeah. through that, through the willingness to do that, you mm -hmm. have a sense of fulfillment no matter what happens. Yeah, absolutely. I always tell um, my students that, you know, you have to have a reason bigger than wanting to sell the painting or wanting to win the exhibition because those are just like you know ego things um you have to have like there's got to be something else that sustains you like there's got to be like what is the deeper reason why you are creating your art because if it's just to like get famous or um sell you know make a lot of money there's there's other ways to do that you know <laughs> yeah. probably more more successful ways to do it. Well, maybe less challenging. Less challenging. That's it. More direct, you know, yeah. task equals paycheck. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the, what are some of the um, challenges that you hear um, artists come up against again and again that are like challenges in their mindsets? Oh yeah. The mindset is where most of it all goes wrong. Mm -hmm. um, I think that what everyone has in common is they underestimate their potential mm. so somehow they have it in their mind that they can only do this much or but not that you know like they have limits on what they think that is possible for them mm -hmm. and they have messages that tell them they shouldn't try or they're not good enough or mm -hmm. um, so i think it all for all of us it goes back to rejection Mm -hmm. is a big part of that and um you know self-esteem or something you know having the courage mm -hmm. uh to do it and then there's also in our culture in america especially but all western cultures that success is measured by how you look on the outside yeah so what's on your cv what you know we don't ask how who are you how are you we ask what do you do oh right. hi my name's michelle what what do you do you know and it's not like who are you? Which is yeah. such a more interesting question than yeah. what do you do? And um, so that's just, we're just sort of the way our culture is. You know, mm -hmm. I don't think it's our fault. We just sort of ended up like this. And uh, mm -hmm. and it, I, I like to bring more humanity back into it. And when I can help people connect to their humanity, mm -hmm. they get they get woke up and the little kid inside of them gets all excited again and then they have a little courage and then they do things and have some successes and then you know carry on from there so i think that's the big thing that's missing is uh people feeling they deserve it oh that's another one most people don't think they deserve this life of a creative person that's mm -hmm. no they it's life should be harder or that more dutiful or something it's mm -hmm. it's amazing how few people really believe they deserve the life that they want yeah I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Actually, this is something that I used to struggle with. Like I used to feel very guilty that I was, that I was cho choosing to be an artist because it was so fun and so pleasurable to me. And I was like, you know, I could be like a doctor or something, you know, saving lives and stuff. And then I met a doctor who bought one of my large pieces. And I, I said that to him, I said, like, I, I just have so respect so much respect for doctors because you know you guys like save humanity and um and then he said to me really he's like i just i just feel like what we do is you know i think what you do is much better because you give people something to live for and i was like wow wow i i had never thought of it that way before you know um yeah it it, it just it just was very interesting to me so um so yeah, we all have our gifts. We all have our place and um, it's all important. It's all important in like the grand kaleidoscope of the world. So, um, so that's awesome. Yeah, 
there's nothing more more beautiful than a person living their gift, their true gift, their true passion, whatever it is. I mean, the way that some people cook, the way some people take care of their families. I mean, the way some people garden, you can just tell when somebody's lit up with their inner mm-hmm. passion, the thing that is their one true thing, mm-hmm. their one true gift. And to that, and here's a, a funny thing about the gifts when you're trying to find your gift, it always kind of shows up as something that looks too easy. So yes. you think anybody could do that. This is so easy. Anybody could do it. And like, no, not anybody could do it. Yeah. So we often miss our greatest gifts because we just assume that because they come to us so easily that they can't be that special. Mm. And uh, that is another problem people seem to run into. If you're really good at something and you love it, that's probably, mm-hmm. well, even if you just really love it and you're not sure yet if you're good at it, because you haven't even given yourself a chance to let it grow and develop. Mm-hmm. you know, trust your heart, your heart knows what it loves. Um, you may have to develop a support network to create this time and space to do the thing you want to do. Yeah. Um, I encourage people not to try to do it financially first, you know, like, mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. create a sustainable way to have a creative space in your life that's big enough to get some stuff done. And yes. just see where it goes. Yes, because I, I, I agree with you that putting, it's like putting the cart before the horse, if you try to sell things while you're still like experimenting and learning. And um, if that is your main goal as you're doing that, I think it's, it can be very damaging because it can lock you into a certain thing or, um, or if you don't sell it, then it can be very discouraging. Um, But I I actually have a couple of um, situations that I see artists come up again and again, and I would love to hear your thoughts on that if that's okay. Sure. That sounds great. Okay. Um, what would you say to the artist who says, um, I'm too old to be a successful artist. I've been trying my whole life and nothing seems to be happening for me. And I feel like I'm too old to have a successful career because the successful careers go to the young ones. And, um, you know, the art world likes what's young and hot. And I'm just, um, I'm passe and I, you know, I've given up with, you know, the idea of being a very successful artist. What would you say to that artist? Well, there's a lot of layers to what you just said. The first mm-hmm. one is how, how have you helped with, how, how have you healed from the damages of the trials and failures? Mm-hmm. Like, are you, are they contaminating your thought process? Are they contaminating your risk assessment? Mm-hmm. So the first thing I'd want to say is, are you healed from all that disappointment? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be the first question. Like, are you really over it? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if you are, um, you know, how old are you going to be five years from now? And say you're 60, you're going to be 65. And how, you know, you're going to be 65, whether you're an artist or not. So what difference does it make? You're just mm-hmm. going to be older. Mm-hmm. Um, so age is irrelevant, right? It's not yeah. even really an issue. And, you know, Grandma Moses, people always talk about her, you know, started painting in her 80s or something. So, mm-hmm. you know, so there's, there is precedent for people starting later. But um, I don't know, as I get older, I think mm-hmm. every day I kind of ask myself, like, I'm getting really close to dying here or a lot closer than I was. Mm-hmm. What do I want to do today? What do I want to waste my thoughts and my time on you know mm-hmm. time is precious life is so precious yeah. so get to it man if you're older just light the fire harder is what i'd say right. just it's time to go for it even more yes yes and um and okay so let's say that that same artist is um you know they they say like well i've i've tried as hard as i can and um it just doesn't seem to be working for me maybe i just don't have it um what how would that how would you say that that artist can heal? Oh, um, learning to receive. Mm-hmm. So often um, there in our, in our Western culture, we have a very male, and I don't mean men and women. I mean um, a very masculine um, orientation towards things, driving, doing, pushing. Those yeah. are great, but they can't, they can't be all there is to your creative life. There also has to be the feminine side, allowing, joyful, mm-hmm. nurturing, quiet. Mm-hmm. So how is this person allowing creativity to come to you? Mm-hmm. So a lot of the exercises I do in my workshops are about opening us up and allowing other parts of the self, whether you, you know, whether you're scientific or spiritual doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's either different parts of your brain or 
other planes of existence, who, who knows what the heck it all is, but something other than just being, you know, just little old me over here trying to figure it all out by myself. Yes. How, can you let the, how can you let things come to you more naturally, more organically and receive help mm -hmm. and support and insight? And so that's what I would say to someone who's tried and tried and tried and failed. And then it might be that they don't have the definition of success defined correctly for themselves. So it's usually a misalignment uh, between the impulse to be creative and the form that it's showing up in. There's a misalignment somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. And those are things that are not directly about making art. They are things about, they're actually human development things. Totally. I totally agree with you. And mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like the, the, the things that are actually not about your art influence your art so much more than you could ever imagine. Um, yeah, they make or break you really, they really do. And, um, because being an artist is not everything about the artist, right? Being an artist is one part of your identity that you're choosing to focus on as an artist, but there's also like, um, you have an identity as, you know, your, um, you know, your relationships or the place that you live and, um, your, your health, you know, all this, all this comes into play. Um, yeah, I, I um, yeah, uh, we, as we were talking about this example of like the artist who feels like they're too old, because I've come across this multiple times for um, artists who I've coached. Um, and there, there seems to be a lot of anger towards the art world, like um, that, that, you know, this entity, the art world has rejected me. And um, this can be, it doesn't have to be like, you feel like you're too old. Anyone can feel like this. Um, they've had some rejections and they feel that um, the art world as a whole um, has rejected them. And so they try to come up with reasons why that might be. And, um, and it, it, it is, um, it's a self-defense mechanism for sure. Um, but I think it also is, um, for me, when, it, when, it, when something like that happens where I feel like I'm rejected, by someone in the art world or something like that. Um, the way that I deal with it is um, by actually surrendering. So um, by surrendering to a divine plan, actually, um, that, you know, I tried this and it was not meant for me right now. And I choose to believe that a better opportunity um, is more aligned for me and that this opportunity was just not for me right now. And, um, you know, you also, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. Let's say you submitted to something and you got rejected and you were really, really hoping for it. You never know, you know, somebody who might've seen your work behind the scenes and that planted a seed and they were like, oh, I'm actually really interested in this artist. And, you know, this, um, this opportunity was not right for them but another opportunity might be better. Um, and also, I like to keep in mind the idea of um, the harvest, like you plant seeds and then sometimes you don't see the harvest for months or years. Um, I have an example of this. So I keep a blog and there's no real aim to this blog. It's just, it's really just to document my work and document what I'm doing. Um, and you know, nothing, nothing crazy has come of it. I just fully document everything that I'm doing. And, um, you know, a couple of years after I did a very ambitious piece, I had a, um, PBS reached out to me and they said, we'd like to do a documentary and have you included in this. And, um, cool. they were like, you know, you, this, this one piece we saw in your blog. Um, and I was like, you know, that's, that's an example of a harvest because you don't see the results immediately. Um, when you create a piece, often you don't see results immediately when you create, um, when you write something, um, it's, I, I like to think of the art career as it's a cumulative thing and you just have to keep moving in the direction that you're, that you want to go, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I agree with you so much. There's two really important things you said there. One is it's so important to keep making what you want. It's mm -hmm. so important to be listening to yourself and, mm -hmm. and, and letting that steer and navigate because it takes a lot of will 
to keep creating. And the only way that will works is if our heart and soul are both engaged in it. And in yes. addition to our mind and our body, yes. you need that extra fuel mm -hmm. to get it to the finish line. And then the other piece you talked about is attitude. I think Albert Einstein said it best when he said, you know, do you fundamentally believe the universe is hostile? Or right. do you fundamentally believe the universe is positive? And so there's, you know, lots of research on positive thinking and the impact it has. And, you know, scientists know that we can not only restructure the brain, but change the way it functions. And so positive thinking and, you know, you really literally become what you think. So mm -hmm. if your framework for life is positive, mm -hmm. you're, going to, you're going to be able to weather and have a lot more resilience and perseverance than mm -hmm. if everything is negative and everything that you see is a sign of something bad. You know, mm -hmm. if it's just, okay, you're just going along doing what you like and that's closed. Oh, well, where's the next opening? Oh, there's an opening, you know, and you just sort of like Mr. Magoo, you know, just sort of going along, finding your way along, you'll be fine. You'll just keep moving and yeah. things will just keep happening. And you'll, if you keep doing what you love, you're just going to have another day of something you loved and another day you have something you loved. And sometimes it leads to success and sometimes mm -hmm. it's obscurity. And it's just a mixed bag. And, yeah. you know, you just take the, the good with the bad and you just see where it all goes. But it's really important to stay anchored to the self. I think that's mm -hmm. the secret to the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And to not um, take on the identity of like, I am the artist who gets this prize or mm -hmm. I am the artist that always sells out because then if, if something happens and you lose that, then you lose your sense of worthiness. And yeah, my whole thing is like that artists have to have a sense of worthiness in and of themselves mm -hmm. without any external validation. And that if you have that, it will give you the strength to keep going and keep on, you know, exposing your heart and exposing your passions and, um, yeah. yeah. And I find that, you know, the universe is very clever. I think the universe is intelligent and mm -hmm. it knows when to give us a boon or when to take it. Yes. Away. You know, like you'll be, but if you stay faithful to yourself, if you stay true to yourself, every, just when you're about to give up some magical mm -hmm. thing will happen. You'd be like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't quit before the miracle yes. happened. You know? Yes. It's Do you have any, like that. Do you have any examples of that that's happened for you? Oh, in my own life? Um, well, it's happened in the past couple of years with holistic creativity. So, you know, like I'll put up a, a new workshop and then nobody signs up and nobody signs up. And then all of a sudden, you know, people are signing up, you know, or, you know, I'll just give up. I'll be just about to take the workshop off my website. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, this one's not going to run. And then boom, it runs, you know, and, yeah. um, and my classes are all I've been running for, you know, a year and a half now, nonstop. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're not huge because the times are strange. I mean, for business, but mm -hmm. um, but they're running and uh, people are loving the work. And so, you know, just don't give up uh, till it happens and just keep putting one foot in front of the other and just keep doing it. Um, I believe in the work, you know, and so I'm just going to keep doing all the things I believe in. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the, I've heard of this prayer, put me where you want me. You know, mm -hmm. like universe, put me where you want me, you know, yes. and I'll just keep doing my part. And, uh, and mm -hmm. it seems like a crazy way to live for Westerners. They're like, what are you talking mm -hmm. about? Put me where you want me. I put me where I want me. And, right. you know, it's not true, you know, and if you keep putting yourself out there in this like dominant way, you're going to get smacked around a lot. <laughs> you want to be a little more bouncy, <laughs> a little, yeah. a little more flexible, you know, it, yeah. it, it goes a long way there's there is a stress to it when you when you believe that you have to make everything happen all by yourself mm -hmm. it's definitely a lot more stressful and um if but if you believe um that there is like a divine or meant to be um kind of destiny for your life then um and and i i will say a positive destiny um think of it as like the best possible destiny for yourself um, this is not a destiny where you're destined to be a failure. This is a destiny where you're destined to fulfill your highest calling as an artist and a person. So um, yeah, that's important because some people think like, well, I, I'm just destined to be a failure. No, your destiny is, you know, what your highest calling. Um, so, and thinking like that, it just makes such a huge difference um, because then the pressure is off of you completely. And there's like a, a surrender where you surrender control. And, um, and that's, that gives space for like beautiful things to happen, you know?
Sure. Well, some people interpret that too the wrong way. They think that means I don't have to do anything. That's a good point. You know, mm -hmm. oh, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. Well, mm -hmm. no one's knocking on your door to see your art if they don't right. know you're there. So yeah. there's a, it's hard work still, mm -hmm. but you're you're leaning into the work that's your job and you're not right. worried about the universe's job. You're doing your job. And yeah. uh, so it's important to work hard, mm -hmm. but you don't have to you're not alone. You don't have to take it all on by yourself, and which right. is, the, I call it receptivity. You're calling it surrender. Right. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's not my challenge. So I guess I, I haven't focused on that as much. My challenge is like letting go of control because I'm like doing so much and I expect to see all the results immediately. Um, but yeah, letting go of control is my surrender, but yeah, for, for other people, um, absolutely. You have to, you have, you definitely have to work and, you know, set goals. And I like to think of it as like, you have to act like you are the person that, um, that has the goal that you're searching for. So if you want to be an artist who has, you know, a big exhibition at the Whitney, okay. If you were a big, you know, an artist with all these exhibitions, what would your schedule look like for the day? You know, and then like, act like that, you know, um, you know, schedule all, all the, um, all the things that that kind of artist would, would do and be, um, start inhabiting that. And then you will, you know, you'll start to get closer to that goal. Um, yeah. Well, that's a tough one because so few people get there. Yeah. Um, that's a really huge ambitious goal, but there's no harm in shooting for that. Mm -hmm. But like you say, you have to do what those people do in order to have what they have, you know? Yes. I mean, there's, there's a certain amount of luck always, but, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you, you have to live the lifestyle that they live. You have to do the things that they do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that's, I think what a lot of my students didn't realize what the lifestyle actually is of the things mm -hmm. that they said they wanted to do and their mm -hmm. lifestyles didn't match. The, can you the, give me an example of that i'm just curious oh sure you know wanting to design a famous game you mm -hmm. know and um but they're not uh they, they only work you know six hours a day you know those people work 20 hours a day you know mm -hmm. like they just didn't and then they didn't have a problem picking up the phone and introducing themselves to somebody my students would be too shy and they were always waiting Right. People that go get it and do groundbreaking things are unstoppable. They mm -hmm. network, they do all kinds of things. So I try to teach my students a lot about networking and other kinds of soft skills that are vital. If you want to be a, a big shot in the game design world or any world, fine art world, then you've got to be very um, outwardly motivated uh, mm -hmm. or if somebody on your who find somebody who will do it on your behalf and that is shrinking right we know that mm -hmm. gallery support is shrinking because of the way the industry is going right now you have to be really self-directed and self-motivated yeah. oh, and, so and if you're cool with that then you know you have a shot like anybody else mm -hmm. definitely yeah I just hired my first assistant <laughs> yay that's yeah great. it's just um you know a virtual assistant and it's uh you know very very you know, task oriented, but, oh, it's just such a weight off of my shoulders. Like, you know, um, outreach emails and all that stuff. That's like very tedious. I, um, you know, I, I would rather spend my energy doing my art and, um, and I will encourage anybody who's listening. If you have like a whole bunch of tasks and you, you just like, don't have the bandwidth to do it. I mean, a virtual assistant is not as expensive as you think. Um, it might be worth the money. Yeah. Yeah, that is a great suggestion. Um, yeah, I'm thinking about taking the plunge with that myself. Mm -hmm. um, right now I'm doing everything and it can be really hard to do everything yeah. yourself. Um, mm -hmm. It's important, I think, to learn your business inside out and backwards mm -hmm. and know how to do everything and then know what's good to offload to, and you know delegate to somebody else. Yes, exactly. So you can um, and feel comfortable that that person will be able to execute it. Um, yeah, that's, that's very important. Very cool. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking of another, um, common setback that artists often tell me, um, and that is that, um, they don't feel that they are good enough. So they don't feel that they're, this usually manifests and they don't feel like their work is good enough, um, to get them where they want to go. And what would you say to an artist who says that? Um, 
Well, the first thing I would want to know is who are they comparing themselves to? Mm-hmm. So are they comparing themselves? Are they five years into their career and comparing themselves to someone with a 40 year career? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd want to get to the heart of how are they measuring that mm-hmm. their work isn't good? If they're getting feedback that it's not good enough, mm-hmm. what do they what do they need to learn? What haven't you learned? Do you, is your are people telling you your colors are off or something? <laughs> Do you learn color theory? Um, mm-hmm. If you're struggling with perspective, you know, take a perspective drawing class or hire a, hire a really good drawing teacher to give you one-on-one coaching for perspective. Like, what is it that you know? Find out what it is exactly that you don't mm-hmm. think is good enough. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's one. It could technically, it could be a technical question, right. but then it can also be a perception question. So, mm-hmm. um, is it not good enough because you're struggling to get the thing out of your head down and it's not happening? Mm-hmm. Well, you know that everyone has that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> and so, how how do I get closer to this getting out there? Well, that's that's the that's the journey. Mm-hmm. That's the struggle. That's the journey. So um, maybe the thing, the way your art shows up in here is not meant to be out there. Maybe the thing that comes here is just to get you excited enough about your art to do something. Mm-hmm. And so I love maybe that. the translation, your, your translation understanding is incorrect for you. Mm-hmm. And so find a way to bridge what happens with how it starts and start to love the process, like what's happening in your journey between your initial vision and what you make mm-hmm. and start to love that process. And, and maybe you think you're supposed to tighten it, but you're supposed to loosen it. I mean, maybe, you know, invert it or something, you know, like really just work through where is the judgment and is the judgment serving you and giving you information mm-hmm. for how to go mm-hmm. forward or is it holding you back and causing mm-hmm. um to derail you are you being derailed by your own assessments mm-hmm. or are they actually helpful because criticism is necessary you have to know what you're actually doing to make yeah. progress but right what you know so i would say the filters what are the filters you're making these judgments through i would say that there's something off in the filter because a good criticism where you're like, oh, damn, I didn't even notice how bad that right. was. Yeah. You're like, oh, I won't make that mistake again. Right. Mm-hmm. You're like, thank you for pointing it out to me. So criticism is essential. So mm-hmm. if criticism getting you down, there's something wrong with your filters. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I love that. I love that. Um, that feedback for sure. That's great. Um, okay. So one more question. And that is, if an artist comes to you and says, you know, I just feel like I have no control. So I, I feel like, you know, I make all my work and I, I feel like, you know, it's almost like I'm wasting my time because I have no control over how my art career goes. You know, all the decisions are made by curators and other people. And I'm just, I'm totally out of control. And, um, you know, I, 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 I'm almost ready to give up because I so feel like the art world is out of my control my career is out of my control and um, there's nothing I can do about that. What, what would you say to that artist? <laughs> well, <laughs> if, if the art world's not for you, mm-hmm. um, then what world do you belong in mm-hmm. and find that mm-hmm. and do it really well. Mm-hmm. So you can be incredibly creative and even artistic, but not be part of the art world. That's only mm-hmm. one way to experience creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of artists that go directly to their clients. They mm-hmm. don't have a gallery. <clears throat> they do their own marketing or their own um, situation. There are artists like more like myself where, you know, I'll have a show every year or two mm-hmm. and that's it. I mean, I, you know, I love to have a show, but I'm not trying to sell. I'm not trying to get brand recognition. That's not what creativity is doing for me right. what it's do what my art does for me is it's a it's an engagement with myself mm-hmm. and it's something i have to do like breathing it's just i just have to do it mm-hmm. and um and something happens and um and that's all i need out of it mm-hmm. um which is good for me. So I have to do so I because I have so many other interests. So I guess what I'm trying to say, it's sort of clumsily, is that if the art world, which is really 
there is no such thing, by the way, as like the art world. I agree with you. This is a human race and everybody's doing stuff. So yeah. <laughs> if this tribe, if this tribe isn't working, try that tribe. Find your right. tribe. That's right. what I would say. Find where your creativity fits in the world and mm-hmm. do it that way. Mm-hmm. And don't worry about, you know, um, some mm-hmm. of us are going to be famous and some of us aren't. Some of us are going to be rich and some of us aren't. Mm-hmm. It goes back to if you know what you want to make and you know who you are, that's all that matters. You know, Um, I think if you get honest, the people who think they want to be famous and aren't probably really don't want to be famous. They don't want that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. People running around taking pictures at you all the time. You know, like Mm -hmm. I I saw a documentary on Lady Diana, uh, Princess Diana the other day, and she was just hounded by the public, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, you know, is that really what you want? I don't know. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's really, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, I, cause I hear this a lot from, from artists, they feel like they have no control and, um, yeah, I like to think of it. I, I totally agree with you that like the art world is just like this, this, you know, this ambiguous concept that's like the art world as like this bubble has just like spat me out or rejected me. And it's like, no, there's um, there's millions of people in the world. There's billions of people in the world. And, you know, you just have to find your people. I, I like to tell them, like, go where you're celebrated, you know, mm-hmm. and like there's there's somewhere where you are going to be celebrated, where your work is going to be celebrated. And that, you know, finding that, whether it's like individual collectors or, you know, a um, a group you know, something like what you or I, you know, create, um, where you are celebrated and you feel that warmth of acceptance for you yourself and your work mm-hmm. that can be so healing so that, you know, when you go out and you try to do things that maybe are beyond what you've tried and you face the possibility of rejection, like it's not so like live or die because you already know you know, and you feel that acceptance with other people, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, awesome. Well, um, what else would you like to tell everyone who's listening? Mm. That's a great question. I guess, you know, don't give up, mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't give up on your dream. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times with people that I work with, the reason why nothing's happening is their life is already too full. They have too much stuff and too, too many time obligations and too much responsibility. I, I was just working with two students yesterday who were like, um, the exercise was, what do you want to change over the course of 90 days? And like, they were adding all this stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute, you ladies are already so busy. They mm-hmm. both have businesses and it's like, you know, there's no way you're going to be able to add anything. Where's the subtraction? Mm-hmm. You know, so if your art life isn't happening, it might be that you need to subtract from mm-hmm. what you've got. Do you really need to have a 5,000 square foot house? Mm-hmm. You know, that's an expensive thing to keep afloat. If you're trying mm-hmm. to be an artist, you know, like, mm-hmm. do you really need to, you know, 20 rooms to clean? I mean, like, whatever, you know, like we just, put so much in our lives that there's no room for anything. There's no room in the studio to even add another canvas or no, you know, like everything is just full, full. Mm -hmm. We're full of ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. I would say empty, you know, if, if your art life isn't working, get rid of the messages, core messages in your head that don't work, get rid of the relationships that don't work, Mm -hmm. get rid of the material stuff that's dragging you down financially and just, and, and respond with, you know, stuff you have to keep track of, just like reduce, just Mm -hmm. simplify your life Mm -hmm. and focus on what's true in your heart and something will happen. Something will Mm -hmm. shift. Yeah. You know, if you've got, if your life, if if everything's just totally full, there's no room for change. You're just fooling yourself. If you think you're going to think your way into changing, you have to do your way into changing. You have to be the change. I love that so much. And I was actually listening to a podcast b- before this, this morning about um, minimalism. Cause I, I don't know if I'm a minimalist cause I like pretty things, but, um, but I, I am, I do believe that there's like, there's like a law of use, right? Like there's like, you don't want like multiple of the same exact thing, or you want to have everything so that like, you're like using it. 
Mm-hmm. And if you have, you're totally right. Like if you have in your basement, I've talked to artists who do this. If you have in your basement, hundreds of unsold works, what is your ambition? How does that motivate you to go to the studio? It doesn't, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So maybe like take some time to like give those away, you know, go to um, participate in like auctions um, where your work, you know, is sold for charity or, um, you know, have a, have a big studio sale and like, yeah, you have to make room for what you want in your life. Otherwise you're energetically blocking it. Um, yeah, I totally agree with or you. Or literally blocking it. Yeah. Or literally. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like nothing else can fit. Um, yeah, I totally agree with you. Amazing. Well, um, where can people find out more about your courses and your book and everything? Sure. At holisticcreativity.com. Okay. Holisticcreativity.com. We can get your book there. You can take your courses there. Correct. And then where can people find your, um, your fine art? Oh, that's at michellerothwell.org. Okay. Amazing. Awesome. This was such an amazing conversation, Michelle. I really um, enjoyed it. I feel very inspired as well. (laughs) Well, thank you. I've always enjoyed having you in the workshops. I didn't even realize just how much we have in common. So it's been kind of fun. Yeah. So fun. (laughs) Awesome. Well, have a wonderful rest of your April and I will talk to you soon. Okay. Take care. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed listening, it would mean so much to me if you would give it a five-star rating. In fact, if you screenshot your rating and send it to me on Instagram at Visionary Artist Salon or at Jessica Libor Studio, I will give you a shout out as a thank you. I also wanted to let you know that I've created a gift for you from my heart that I'm so excited to share with you. It is a free guide called 30 Days to 3K, the definitive guide to authentically increase your art sales. In this 15-page guide, I share how I've created amazing results in selling my art online while retaining the worth of my art and feeling authentic. I'm sharing the process that has worked to get the results for me. All you have to do to get it is go to my coaching website, www.thevisionaryartistsalon.com and enter your email and it'll be delivered right to your inbox. I hope it brings you so much value and let me know how it works for you. Thanks again for listening and I will talk to you soon. Remember that you are already worthy and everything you make is an expression of your unique spirit. Now go forth and create.